Welcome to the Talent Learning Show podcast series, episode 60 with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today, I interview Melissa McMahon, education and training administrator at Kiwanis, about migrating certification programs online. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at talentedlearning.com. Well, welcome back, listeners, to the Talented Learning Show podcast series. On this show, I am fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. And today is no different. From the practitioner expert side of the fence, we're lucky to have Melissa McMahon here today to share her experiences, best practice, and advice from moving Kiwanis Service Leadership Certification programs from an in-person event-based, uh, paper-based format to an online scalable format. You know, obviously COVID caught every training organization, every organization and world uh, by surprise, and especially training organizations with long established educational programs delivered in a live format. They're forced to make changes overnight. Everybody had to change gears and adapt, but not everybody changed gears in the same way or adapted in the same way. They took a lot of different approaches. And I'm fascinated to learn about those approaches. I'm fascinated to speak with organizations, professionals, and learn how it was before, how they used to do education, what the changes were, how they prioritized the, the, the changes and got it done and what it turned out to be and how they measured it and what they're going to do going forward. And are they going to go back or are things still changing? Uh, all those things really interest me. And I recently uh, met Melissa and learned about the Kiwana story and how they ran this uh, program or made this transition. And I knew that she was going to be a perfect guest for the Talented Learning Show to show it to our listeners, all of you listeners out there that are also many of you in nonprofits and associations uh, that are in corporations for that matter that have uh, certificate programs. And so uh, since everybody does it differently, we're going to learn at great detail uh, how Kiwanis uh, achieved it and uh, how they're going about it now today. And so I'm really super excited uh, that uh, Melissa could join us here today and uh, keep listening, uh, listeners, to learn strategies and techniques you can use at your own organization. Melissa, welcome to the Town to Learning Show. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. All right. Cool. Cool. So we uh, met recently and I learned the story of Kiwanis and what you guys uh, did and how you migrated your solution. And uh, it was so interesting. I wanted to bring you on our show so that we could tell it to all our followers here on the Tao to Learning Show. So it's absolutely uh, great to have you here. I think everybody, uh, probably in 80 countries, knows the name of Kiwanis, but not everybody knows the basics of the organization and the overview and the the history. Maybe you could give us a dime tour of uh, the organization as a whole as we start in and we'll dig in from there. Okay, that sounds great. So more than a century, um, Kiwanis has created opportunities for children to be curious, safe, healthy, uh, regardless of the community in which they live. And Kiwanis Helps Kids, our mission um, is as a global organization is improving the world, uh, one child and one community at a time. That's a worthy mission. That's a worthy mission. It's a lot better than you know, make a widgets for sure. Uh, uh, okay. Tell us about, uh, as we dig into this, we mentioned the, the certification programs in, in the intro. Tell us about Key Club and, and Circle K programs. Give us an overview of uh, what the mission is of, of those programs and the scope of them, please. Sure. So Key Club, we're getting ready to um, celebrate our 100-year anniversary in two years, but it is a student-led high school member organization uh, that meets in schools and also community centers 
um, and our members, our students um, that are in high school or the secondary education, um, make the world a better place through service. So they are learning and growing um, and how to be uh, strong individuals and leaders in their community by answering the call to um, lead, the courage to engage, and developing a heart to serve. That's that's our mission. Wow, cool. And then we also have, um, just for your listeners, we also have um, Circle K International, which is our college-age uh, clubs. And those are the college age students who follow on and do um, service learning and service leadership um, in the college campuses. Um, and then we also have um, our Builders Club, which are middle year students and K-Kids, which is for the primary years or elementary age. Um, and so currently our LMS um, is focused on um, offering e-learning courses to our key clubs and our um, our Circle K or, or Circle K International um, based on um, the accessibility that we have with the student membership, um, them being student leaders and having their own emails um, and being able to access our system. And we're working towards, um, you know, future offerings for our younger age students as well. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. So there's training components or educational components for, for mm-hmm. all of these programs. Could you describe the educational components, I guess, as they were before COVID perhaps, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll talk about, you know, what had to change uh, during uh, the pandemic and, and through now. So historically, tell us about it. Please. Yeah. So historically um, we had um, emailed out or sent basically meeting kits or chartering kits of paper manuals of officer guides. So a student who was going to be in a club officer, um, we had president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, and they would just get a packet. Um, and that was their training. And then their um, adult advisor, either um, at the school, which we call faculty advisor or a Kiwanis member advisor, you know, they might offer the training or um, there might be an opportunity for students to attend a, um, a state or a district convention or even international convention. So there was the in-person um, leadership workshops and then there was a packet or a PDF guide. Um, so during the, the pandemic, um, we really saw a need to pivot. Our, our clubs were closing down and they weren't meeting in person. Um, so there, we were still going through our regular election cycle on an annual basis. So there were leaders um, that we still needed to train and educate. And so was was any of that tracked when you were doing that? Were you, were you keeping files? Or the, no. So it was just more of was the, um, were the packets in the mailing sent? But not necessarily did every all the students um, actually was there any kind of evaluation data on that? Interesting. And so uh, COVID hit the world changed for everybody uh, overnight and everybody had a, to shift their gears. If you couldn't do in person and you couldn't have those regional events and uh, maybe you could still do packets, but you had to you had to change your strategy. What changed? How, how did you approach that? Yeah. So, and I would also say, um, you know, with the packets, um, that's also very pricey. And you know, during COVID, there were you know shortages in paper, um, and so not only um, we also wanted to provide our students um, 
a benefit? You know, what are they getting out of their membership if they're not able to meet in person? Um, and so we did some research on what other large youth serving nonprofits offer in the space of online um, courses, education, training. We were doing, we were trying to offer virtual um, conventions or, you know, a virtual weekend um, for some things. Um, but we really looked at, um, what kind of leadership training or certificate program could we offer our students that they could take over a whole school year or even multiple school years? And so we um, worked with a vendor, um, a curriculum writer, and then we also um, found Crowd Wisdom um, and their LMS uh, solution so that we could offer a, um, a, a leadership, we were calling it Global Leadership Certificate. So tell us about the the global leadership certificate or the certificates in general. What does that curriculum look like? Uh, how, how does it act? What what kind of media is it? So this is actually broader than just our officer guides. Um, so this is more looking at what today's students um, need. In um, we have it broken out into or kind of organized in different pillars and competencies. Um, around our primary mission in Key Club and Circle K related to service, leadership, fellowship. Um, and so some of those competencies are hard and soft skills. Um, so related to communication or inclusion, but then also looking at strategic planning or tactical planning because um, in the high schools, the students themselves might come up with their um, strategic plan for how they're gonna fundraise for that year. So these different courses, um, there are actually 39 different courses um, are organized by competencies and the students can um, complete them at their own pace um, and log in and out of the system. Mm -hmm. Is uh, is there uh, 39 competencies or is there more competent? Is it like a competency so there, per course or is it broader? There's, a, there's 11 competencies. And then within those 11 competencies, there might be four or five courses. Uh -huh. And they're also a progression. Um, so we tried to do it from, you know, basic to kind of leveling up, um, on each course. Wow. Okay. And what is, uh, what's the scope of a course? What, what does something like that look like? Is it videos yes. or virtual parts? So we were fortunate enough that, um, our student leaders, um, are international. So we have inter 11 international, um, trustees. They actually, we recorded them, um, giving the, um, the content and the script, so it's actually students giving the presentation. And so there's a uh, usually about a five or 10 minute video within content. Um, and then there's quizzes or assessments or even, um, you know, asking questions about what they learned, but then also reflective questions because the goal of these leadership courses are that the students would, you know, take what they learn and take it back to their club meeting at school and what they learn or how they could maybe facilitate a conversation about what they learned. Um, and there are also PDF downloads, kind of like a, um, a study guide that students can also use after the course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, any uh, types of assessments or things like that in there, or is it? Uh... So right now there, um, we don't have it to the capacity of written assessments. That's something that if we were to get it accredited by some kind of leadership, you know, training association or principals association, we would need to add that kind of component. 
Um, but for right now, it is just kind of a complete and um, a, a pass. There's not a, necessarily a pass fail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And at the end of the, the learning path, you said it would probably take them a whole year to, to go through. Um, we actually just recently, um, we promoted it um, when some students were in um, for a weekend retreat here in, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, it was spring break. And so they completed them in a week. They just oh. plowed through them in spring break. Um, yeah. Great. And at the end of it, they get what? Um, they get a certificate. So it is, um, we're excited that it's within the system. Um, they'll receive a certificate. Um, however, we're also really excited because we do have students who are completed the courses are going to our international convention. Um, so we are going to do like, um, and the, during our award ceremony, we'll give them a printed copy. They also get a t-shirt. Um, so for those students who we do get to see in person, they're going to get a little bit more special recognition. And we'll also have um, probably some highlighted stories um, for the students that have completed um, first. We're going to do some blog posts and some um, some promotion on our websites. Oh, great. And what is uh, the size of these clubs or the, these programs? I guess in how many you're reaching now versus what the potential audience is like, what's the scope of all this? So that's a great question. So within all our youth, um, so where there's about 250,000 key club students um, that are members and about um, eight, eight to 10,000 um, CKI students. So um, like, for example, here in the state of Indiana, um, I'm an advisor to a local key club and they might have 75 members, but then I might, you know, the next door town may only have 10 or 20. So it just ranges on the types of school. But as you said, we're in, um, Kiwanis is in 80 different um, countries and Key Club and CKI, we're actually growing um, and we're adding um, Key Clubs in Italy and also the Philippines, Malaysia, Taiwan. So we have had students in the Philippines be, who do speak English um, and can read English that are um, completing the courses. So that's also really exciting. We've also had some students in Nepal and I want to say Romania. So oh, cool. Sounds like you could get on a plane here. They might need some personal attention in Italy <laughs> or other or other places. Is uh, currently though, it, it sounds like uh, or I'm inferring that it's just English right now in your, it is, your first way. Yes. We're looking at um ways um, on how to maybe translate it to a couple different other languages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did you go, uh, how did you approach uh, finding a uh, curriculum writer or a, um, a curriculum expert? How'd that, how'd that happen? Yeah, so we actually did um, an RFQ or around a locally um, looking for um, leadership development. And we found the Center for Leadership Excellence here um, locally um, in our state. And they do a lot of um, leadership training at, uh, at the fraternity sorority level. Um, Indianapolis has a, a pretty large fraternity sorority national headquarters um, type space. And so we were... Um, happy to um, ask them to, you know, do the curriculum writing. They had some background, um, and then they were instrumental in recommending who are um, who they have seen as an LMS user and that they had um, worked with in the past. So that's where they connected us with um, with Crowd Wisdom, who became our our vendor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, what are the the 
technology components uh, that make all this happen. You've mentioned an LMS. Uh, I'd imagine uh, did the third party have the authoring tool and, and author the content or is, is that? So the happened? third party, um, it's our material. So we purchased it. Um, they authored it in Articulate 360. Um, and the videos, we did the videos um, our, ourselves, we in our own little studio, and then they did the um, the publishing of the files. And then we worked with Crowd Wisdom, their LMS system um, to post those online. Um, I think there is, you know, AWS. Um, the other big component is we wanted the, um, the students' data to be tracked um, and kept, and so that it it could be connected to our membership database. So again, if the student didn't complete all the courses in their freshman year or sophomore year, it would still stay in the system their junior year or senior year so that we could connect that and keep it keep it open for, for four years mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or five years. Are, are all uh, students uh, in in the, the AMS and that's how they get into the, the, the LMS? Yes. Yeah, so the, the AMS first? Yeah, so the courses are free, um, and they are um, they gain access through it through a single sign on um, through our um, our membership system. Wow. Okay. Cool. And then it connects to um, to the LMS, and that pops up, and um, and we're hoping um, our membership system, as I said, um, is an older set of Personify um, that we haven't updated in a while. And so we're migrating to a um, Salesforce Fontiva um, large platform. And so now you got all this data uh, must be great. You can sit up there like a mad scientist and actually see the, uh, the, the, uh, the programs working and, and growing. Uh, tell, tell me about the, the, the measurement of it, like what, what you're looking at, what measurable results you're seeing or trying to measure. or measure. Yeah. So we're trying to measure um, right now it's outputs. Um, hopefully in the future, it'll be outcomes of like trying to track the students of where they are in their leadership positions. Um, but for right now, we're tracking the outputs of um, completions and where our students um, in the world or in the United States or in Canada who are, who are completing the courses and is there something that we can do better to promote this to share this information and like at which levels of um you know our organization is it the the club level or a, a state level or an international um there's different roles within the organization and some of those students are more eager um if they're already a leader and we're hoping to target those students who want to become leaders so Interesting. Interesting. And so you met, uh, you mentioned before about how expensive it is to send uh, the, the, the paper out, uh, you know, beforehand. What and also some... it's expensive to attend convention. Not every student can attend convention. We usually only have like um, a thousand out of our 250,000. Well, well, so you're seeing, uh, are you seeing like a wash in costs essentially by saving those costs is what you invested in the in the creation of this? Did you have to invest, I guess, more in the creation of this and you get it back over time? Like what, what are your so thoughts? That's a, that? really, that's a really good question. We were able, so um, Kiwanis actually has a children's fund foundation. Um, and so we actually applied for a grant through the foundation. And part of the foundation's, um, I wanna say funding priorities is student leadership and development. So we're seeing that, um, 
So we were able to start out with that. And then we're hoping moving forward um, that we may be, offer, be able to offer this to um, non-members and it would be a pay for the course. Um, so we are looking at that in the future because there is capabilities um, to charge for the courses in the LMS. So maybe National Honor Society or, you know, other high school organizations who have leadership positions um, may be interested in, in the courses in the future. Wow. Great idea. Great idea. As a proud father of a recent National Honor Society member, uh, that would be a, you know, a great market for you, I would think, to, uh, to expand out into that. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, so what's next on the horizon? Where, where are you going to take all this? Where's it going to be in three years? So in three years, um, I would say we are leveling up our courses and we're working on adding some more international focus courses this fall. Um, also looking at like the UN sustainable goals um, and how we can do some courses and some education to our members around that. Um, as well as we're having a masterclass, um, a global leadership certificate masterclass, kind of an in-person um, activity-based uh, leveling up the education and training at our convention. Um, and then I would say what I just said a minute ago is taking this to a broader audience if we could get paid for courses. Yeah, excellent. Wow, you made a ton of progress. Made a ton of progress. You probably uh, made did everything right along the way. Um, but in case you didn't, no, you know, we, are, <laughs> we had we had some hiccups. What are, what's some advice that you could give our listeners as we're wrapping up here? Some advice based on those hiccups. You know, what would you do differently if you could wave a magic wand and go back a few years and start this all over again? So I think that people say, hey, we need to do courses. We need to offer something. But you really need to take a step back to do a needs assessment and identify what your starting point is. Um, what is your starting point with do you already have the training? You already have the program materials. Is this something that um, you can purchase? Are you looking to meet a, you know, a legal requirement or a policy requirement so that you could just purchase e-learning courses for a specific topic? Like we actually purchase Presidium Academy does um, sex uh, youth serving organization sex abuse prevention courses. So we use their LMS and their courses. But then for this, we wanted to create our own leadership development courses. So definitely a needs assessment and then um, what your starting point is and then going from there, collaboration. So not only your um, program staff, who, who's going to write it? Do you have program staff in-house that can write it or do you need to find a contractor? What about a lot of nonprofits don't have an IT team or business analysts? So um, do you need to look outside of your organization for some help in identifying what your business needs are, your case studies, um, and then also, you know, your training and development people. My role is a training administrator, um, so I'm not writing the content, but I need to know it and I need to provide customer assistance, you know, into the system. So having all the people at the table at the beginning, I think, is really important instead of just bringing them in at the end after something's been made. Uh, did you form some kind of council as, as part of this to get all those people into there? Um, we didn't at first, but we are now. <laughs> so that's yes. the advice. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a task force now. Uh, task force. Cool. Great. Well, Sage Advice, uh, what an interesting program. Uh, it must be nice to uh, do so much good in the world, uh, uh, impacting the, the next generation coming up with with all this and now be able to do it at, at scale and keep on growing it around the world. 
uh, sounds like a fantastic organization, a fantastic job on your standpoint, uh, just to have and, and, uh, well done on on the transformation. Thank you very much. It is it is very it's a it's a great place to work, and we are really thankful, um, especially when we do get to see the students in person and them leading and presenting workshops on their own, and just how amazing um, and how mature some students are in their training and education skills. Wow, great. Well, Melissa, thanks for stopping by the show today. You can do a lot of things with your time. Uh, taking the time to out of your busy day to to share your story is is much appreciated by me and all the listeners. So thanks very much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. All right, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast. I'm sure you enjoyed this one. It was a great one. And we'll see you on the next. Have a great day.